0: Welcome to Gu Dao Jingxing, Walking the Timeless Way, a podcast that digs deeply into the ancient texts of Dao De Jing to uncover its timeless wisdom and discuss how to apply it to our chaotic world. I'm David Wang, executive coach. I'm joined by my co host, Ian
1: Felton, practicing psychotherapist. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, David. How are you? I am doing pretty well. I'm, I know we're we're recording this a, a week earlier than normal because I'm gonna we're we're taking a little break in November and so we're kind of getting this recorded in in advance. And so definitely looking forward to having some some time, some reflection time and some time to try some different things and that sort of thing and happy that we're getting to talk about chapter nine today
0: yes i'm hoping that during your reflecting time uh the topic we're talking about today will be part of that reflection
1: i am i'll try to carry it with me because i think it could be really important i know there's um uh a, a lot in this short chapter to think about Okay, so let's get started. So um, why don't we
0: uh, ha- Why don't we read the original, the
1: ancient text first? Okay. And would you like to do that? I would love to do that. I will give it a shot. Qiniu Mantang Mo Zhi Nong Fu Gui Er Jiao Zi Yi Jiu Gong Wei Shen Tui That's
0: perfect. I love the way you read it. Uh the original um text is very poetic and I can see the you know the the rising and the spawning tone uh, as you read it, 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 you know, you just reflect that uh, uh, poetic, you know, characteristics.
1: It, it takes over when, when you get into it, it, it definitely takes over. I don't feel like I'm reading it so much as it's, it's pulling itself out through me. Ah, uh, like music, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: That's great. So uh, for our listeners, so let me uh, use a version by uh, Jane English and uh, Ji Fu Feng. Um, uh, you know their translation, uh, their version of translation to uh, you know translate this uh, this text. Better stop short than fill to the brim. Over sharpen the blade, and the edge will soon blunt. Amass a store of gold and jade, and no one can protect it. Claim wealth and titles, and disaster will follow. Retire when the work is done. This is the way of heaven. Thanks.
1: I like that translation.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the uh, it's just interesting. just to read you know this this chapter, because you know it it has some our regular experience, right as a as a metaphor. Mm-hmm. you know when you pull you, you when you pour some water into a into a glass, you always want to leave some room, otherwise it all overfilled. I think I like that kind of a. Daily experience
1: metaphor. <laughs> yes. And the the older I get, the more that I leave even more room in that cup. So that when you're walking, if you bump into something, it doesn't spill out onto the floor and you make a mess.
0: Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a good uh good technique. Yes, it does. Yeah. Uh I'm so used to I think I'm on the tendency of overfilling it, but I've certainly had that experience you, you are trying to avoid. So let's, you know, th- today's topic is around moderation. So, you know, as we study Dao uh, De Jing, we know that moderation is one of the three uh, Taoist treasures. So in this chapter, you know, Laozi use, uses these metaphors, you know, the you know the filling of the cup or you know over sharpening the blade, to talk about the importance of moderation, and the the bad you know the negative consequences of moderation. Um, before our podcast, you know, I did some you know some survey of. Different cultures, you know, the not just the the Chinese and the East Eastern culture, but the Western philosophies. I, in, you know, interestingly, I find that moderation is often uh, discussed as a virtue. So, you know, my question for you uh, is, what do you think uh, of moderation? Why do you think in our human history is kind of consider as so important
1: to humans? Well, I think people tend to think about things in in terms of our modern society. So we get very fixated on the messages in our current environment, and, and that's fine. But I think it's also helpful to try to imagine why we develop these... Instincts to begin with. Why, why is moderation talked about so frequently across mm-hmm. ancient cultures? And, you know, before we discovered oil, which is what led us to be able to create just ridiculous amounts of energy, and I shouldn't say discovering oil. I'm sure people were familiar with oil, but until we learned how to really extract power out of it, we mm-hmm. just had far less access to resources. So, you know, if, if cultures were immoderate, they would not only run out of things that they would need when times were lean, but it might also make people angry who we lived in close proximity with who felt like we were taking too much. Mm-hmm. So, I see. So, in the past, when we lived a lot more closely with one another, all of the tribe's resources would be much more visible. And so it would be, if someone was being immoderate, it would essentially be like stealing or, you know, potentially even killing others in the tribe if, if we would run out of something necessary because people were using too much. But now all that's kind of hidden from sight. You know, we live in our own little compartments, you know, our houses and our, domiciles and no one really witnesses everyone sort of gorging on the planet and we're encouraged to consume as much as possible because it's about expanding the economy which we know in modern times is all about um, enriching a few people who control you know, most of the world's Wealth And so, of course, the end, end result of all of the immoderation that we're being um, encouraged to do is, is killing the planet and, and everything on it. So nothing's I changed. See. With the, the, we, we thought we had a way around it, but no, immoderation is still a big problem. Right, right. So I'm hearing is, number one,
0: the access of resources uh and number two, the kind of the community the, the 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 type of in a way we're living uh we used to live in a very close knit uh community, and now we're all spread and and live and work in silos pretty much you, do you think you, you think those are the 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 key factors driving immoderate uh uh, immoderate in, in, in behaviors.
1: Yeah, I think definitely living in in isolation and in silos is is what allows it to really blossom. But I, I think it's really important to you know focus on the part that you everyone's really encouraged to be immoderate. A, a I mean, that's everything is is laden with a, advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that advertising has now been refined to really make everyone feel that they can have exactly what they want whenever they want it and that you know they should have it. And so it's propelling us to be a moderate 24-7. I mean, a- advertising is making... is is driving everything that we're consuming and and even creating. And, you know, I I think at at the pinnacle of the just total schizophrenic nature of our modern culture is that, you know, you'll you'll hear all these messages about how global warming is destroying the earth and Mm -hmm. how, you know, all the species extinction... Etc. But as you're reading that online or in social media, of course, it's full of ads trying to get you to buy something.
0: Right. That's so uh, you know. There's a certain irony to it, right? Mm-hmm. So you're talking about you know climate change, the climate crisis, but
1: at the same time, so much of a uh, advertising the the model, the commercial model. Yeah. Yeah. They u- they use headlines about climate change catastrophe to get you to click on something that's really ultimately about trying to create ad revenue for you to go buy something it's completely ironic yeah
0: yeah i also hear um at at one time in a podcast you know the conservatives talking about the the more liberals mm-hmm. who enjoy an you know extravagant life mm-hmm. you know flying jet you know <laughs> playing and have big houses but But they're talking about environment and climate change. There's certain hypocrisy
1: to it. Oh, they're totally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're totally hypocritical. I mean, it's that that's why people are so. I mean, I think people on the right are so disgusted with a lot of what they see as, uh, you know, really giant hypocrites lecturing everybody about how they. Mm -hmm should live and you know those wealthy celebrities if Mm -hmm. if all of the climate change laws were passed and let's say like you know i could Mm -hmm. see it where you know individual families can't use cars because maybe there's a really high tax on uh, owning a car to try to push people toward public transportation and, and so on and so forth. But you know, the, the celebrities have no intention of living a different lifestyle. I mean, how many celebrities do you think are, are living in a, in a thousand square feet of space? How many of them only have a couple of outfits that they wear um, all week? I mean, Mm -hmm. I mean, celebrity culture is, is all about excess. I mean, Huge mm. houses flying everywhere. Um, just yeah, they're they're huge hypocrites, and so yeah, pe- people who are not caught up in a right and don't take them seriously and find them speaking out on these issues really offensive. Right. So if there are so many like hypocrites
0: out there, you know, people are just talking uh, talking to talk but not walking the talk. Yeah. How do you expect, you know, citizens and just everyone, common people to act in unison, you know, to, you know to, 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 to respond to the crisis?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is what our politicians and leaders are supposed to be doing. And of course, they're, they're not. And, and so, no, it's not helpful to lecture and Hector the average person. I don't know anyone who mm-hmm. lives moderately. I mean, I certainly don't. I have I'm I'm part of the same culture that everybody else is part of where, you know, I mm-hmm. drink several cups of coffee each morning and put cream in it and eat out quite often and travel and mm-hmm. go places. I mean i don't live the type of moderate lifestyle that would be needed for everyone around the world to live for us to reverse resource con- consumption so yeah, yeah I, I I think that this is a, a you you can't put the the blame on citizens. citizens are doing exactly what they're being encouraged to do, which is to consume, to spend. We're being pushed with advertising to buy. It's like, no, if this is a real problem and something needs to be done about it, we need leaders and, and, and people to do something about it. And, you know, you see all the time where global leaders get together and they have these climate summits and they make all these pledges, but, you know, you, you look at what happens five years later or down the road, and it's like n- nobody hits the goals. They're, I mean, it, 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 it's it's just a lot of talk. Right. So what's the problem
0: there? Why couldn't they meet all the goals? And specifically, they should be the role models, but what makes it hard for them to... Really serve as role models. Well, Do you think there's a connection between, let's say, immoderate behavior and the kind of power they have? Because going back to the, your point earlier, you know, as human species, we have through technology advancement, we have, you know, making we're, we're making the access to resources greater and greater. Mm-hmm. It's all on this planet, mm-hmm. right? So we can imagine that just you know, compared to common people, these leaders or elites, they have more access to resources, right? To oh, put yeah. it. Yeah. So is there a connection between one's immoderate behavior? Can you be immoderate? But as, can, can you get access, great access to resources, but at the same time, be moderate? Or do you think those two things don't? to work together.
1: Well, I think you can be a good steward of resources so that you can have access to a tremendous amount of resources and be a good steward of it. But the problem is, is that the people who are lecturing everyone, mm-hmm. they've designed this system of extraction and for them to maintain their wealth They need an infinite expansion of the economy, which requires people to to work more, produce more, sell more, consume more. Right. And so.
0: (laughs) So there's there's
1: inner contradictions there,
0: right? There's like inner uh, uh, contradictions, right? They have to maintain the current system, which is the cause. Yeah. In a lot of the.
1: Yeah, yeah. To take it to an extreme, like the it it, it's like it's like someone who's running a household that they've they've built the the Mm -hmm. household on fear, but then they're telling everyone in the house that they you know shouldn't be afraid. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. it's incredible. It's so just. It's gaslighting to such an uh, an extent that you can't even fathom it. I mean, it, this whole global economy is based upon immoderation, and it's pushed like the the gas pedal pushed to the floor, and then at the same time, people saying you know you you shouldn't be consuming so much. It's like it, it, it's such huge gaslighting. And, and no, they, they don't want it to change because they won't, they won't then control the economy their, the economy the way that they, that they do now. They won't be generating all the wealth that they're generating now. Until they figure out some other way of doing it, they, they will not g- sincerely want the current system to change that is driving all the immoderation. Mm-hmm.
0: Are they putting their bets on new technologies so that they are, you know, thinking they don't have to endure the pain of, you know, um, getting rid of the old model. So, in other words, like it seems like the assumption is there because I I've you know I've been hearing you know theories like that. Uh, you know, we just a, a technological solution. You know, it almost sounds to me you don't have to suffer, you don't have to make trade-offs. Uh, once you find that silver bullet technology, you know all the, you know the 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 we we can still meeting the desires and needs of the people on this planet.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think we can see some hints at what they're planning. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think. I mean, I don't believe in a mm-hmm. cabal type conspiracy where there's you know. Fifty people sitting around some long table, and they're right. Have this like perfect plan drawn up. I mean, I, I think that there's various forces at at work with differing ideas about mm-hmm. how how the global economy should be shaped and what that should look like. But some of the hints I think are there. Just like let's look at this metaverse thing. hmm well metaverse it's going to have it has its own economy it, it, everything's virtual it's all digital and if you can drive people to essentially live within this fake world well that's mm. one that's one way of cutting down on resource consumption and you can control people that way they're essentially just you know living in their heads you know they're not mm-hmm. they're not even in the mm-hmm. real world so I, I think there's a push for that you know that that's get people out of the physical plane of existence as much as we can mm-hmm. lock them inside their heads with these doggles on i mean it's sick it's real sick but i think that's what they're pushing people to do
0: mhm mhm
1: that might solve the
0: you know the 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 environmental and the uh, climate Problems because we meet our psychological needs. Like, let's take a human being, for example. Like, let's take a like individuals like you and me, right? Um, you know, if you look at our consumptions on a kind of a daily basis, you know, we have consumptions of the real, you know, food, right? We need to eat, right? We need to drink. Also, the consumption of, you know, contents, right? Or you know, other sort of something in between, like, relationships. You know, they might not be total assumptions, but I think there is the enjoyment found in relationships. Um, Do you think there is a kind of, you know, to what extent, I'm I'm trying to think, to what extent we should, uh, that consumption is very material dependent to what extent it can be psychological. Now, I'm trying to understand to meet our needs. Our needs are, you know, like physical, physiological needs and psychological needs, mental Mm -hmm. right? needs. I mean, is there a way to kind of look at that way and then say, hey, you know, we can become more moderate or maybe in the psychological realm, (laughs) there's There's also the overconsumption. What do you think? Uh, You know, basically, I'm trying to understand maybe on an individual level. If you reflect on your personal experience, you know, you said earlier that moderation is, you know, is 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 a is a challenging thing for each of us. Can you share some experiences and how you navigate in your
1: personal life? Yeah, I um. I have a lot of reactions just to Mm -hmm. there's a few points that you you made i think the the i'm going to answer the last question that you asked first about how i try to do Mm -hmm. moderation and in my life and then there i have this other thing floating out there sure yep Yep. try to uh, address but i think for 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 me I I I try to get a good night's rest, so you know I don't try burning the candle at at both ends. I don't try to exhaust myself each day by pushing things to an extreme. I think sleep is profoundly important, and and I focus on getting a good night's rest. That means going try to go to bed at the same time and get up at the at a, a same time mm-hmm. each day. I try to pay attention to the signals in my body because I think our bodies are the best instrument for when we're being immoderate. I can tell in my body if I've had too much caffeine. And so I try to really stay sensitive when I feel that feeling in my body to listen to it and say like, all right, I've had too much caffeine. I need to drink water and maybe get um, a small bite to eat to just try to, to calm that. I make sure that I stop drinking caffeine primarily before noon so that the caffeine is completely out of my system by the time I go to bed. I do have... Uh, screen time limits on the apps on my phone where that I tend to use too often, like Instagram or or things like that. And even though I don't always abide by it, those alerts are still there to at least let me know, like, hey, you're using this more than what you've kind of said you should. Mm -hmm. I also use spreadsheets to track some core behaviors that are important just to have a running tally each month to see how i feel like i am doing with you know am i getting at least 15 minutes of exercise a day if you know walk walking around the neighborhood or doing tai chi or 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 anything and how am i doing calorie wise am i eating excessively and I track those important things to just try to make sure that, to some extent, I'm I'm paying attention to moderation. Again, I think ultimately we have to pay attention to our bodies and our body signals. If if every meal I eat, I'm stuffed. Well, you know that's a pretty good sign. I'm eating too much food. And yes, there is such a thing as eating too much food. Um. All those things are important, but mainly I think we've got to pay attention to our bodies. Our bodies tell us when we've gone too far with things. Mm-hmm.
0: It's interesting you keep on uh, using the, the phrase, pay attention to our body. When you look around, you watch people's behavior. Uh, this, dynamic, like, this paying attention to your own body versus paying attention to the world what do you think that, you know, people's natural tendency? It seems to me people pay more attention to the world, you know, comparing themselves to others and see what's, you know, what's interesting out there. You know, I think it's just like a different mindset to me.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. And, and I think our, you know, our our culture is very much about status and mm-hmm. popularity and comparisons and that sort of thing. And obviously that's all about being externally focused and not focused on the signals from, from our body. What What's interesting is that what people don't seem to recognize is that the external world, what we call the external world, is still a reflection of our own psyches. You know, mm-hmm. when, when those messages enter our, our nervous system, our nervous system projects an external reality that we're also interpreted based upon our own nervous system. We're a closed system, so even that external world that we believe that we're interacting with, we're actually only interacting with our own psyches. So right. when we're cut off from our own physical body's senses, we're, we're kind of, you know, moving through that quite, quite blindly and uncentered. Would you say then,
0: you know, I'm seeing a connection here. Would you say then a lot of the immoderate behavior is the inability or failure to lose touch with our inner world? Or mm-hmm. we become unconscious about it, mm-hmm. because then we don't know actually it's the the inside that kind of determines the perception and experience of the outside. That, so the the cause the root is within, as opposed like out there. Is that what you mean?
1: Yeah, I think there. Yeah, I think that 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 that's ultimately um, how we have to reorient that we, we really have lost touch with our true inner selves. And right. there's a lot of insecure people in the world. And by giving up your internal, your true internal self, cutting yourself off from that and just adopting the cultures or your, your, echo chambers, views, or, or whatever, that feels safer, but mm-hmm. it, it, it's not. It, it's really exactly how we we give up our own power, we give up our own selves, and and really just kind of give ourselves over to external forces.
0: I see. Were, are, were you always like this, or did you have to be very intentional about it? Like, I was wondering you know it seems like it's a very you know i'm just hearing how you practice like paying constant attention intention uh, attention to your, to the working of your body right so you have to be alert um are there times that you just uh, h- how do you maintain it, it it seems like it it requires a lot of mental energy to even like pay attention to your body mm-hmm. How hard is, is it? And uh, when, whenever, when you, let's say, you know, you're just like everybody else, you know, who have needs and desires. What happens when there are times you, you know, you you lose touch with your inner state and uh, be driven by out by by the outside forces? Oh. or let's say, in, are there times that you become uh, immoderate um uh, whatever it is and and then you bring you're able to bring yourself back,
1: yeah, I think it, it it's just like with with Dow, there's cycles of everything and and I think there's mm-hmm. individual cycles too, as far as like always being this way, you know there there's a growth process, and I think mm-hmm. what hasn't changed is that. I've always been someone who has sought deeper understanding. Like that, that hasn't changed. I don't know where that comes from. If it was, you know, an an inherent personality trait or, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm Mm -hmm. very high on the openness trait when there's, you we talk about the big five personality traits. Openness is like, I don't think I could score any higher on openness but you know how i but that openness yeah oh sorry. oh sorry okay. that openness to
0: new experiences that in itself um do you feel sometimes it's a double edged sword yeah. in other words you're so open to new experiences so you're more um you have a tendency let's say to see what's out there and that gets you outside you know excited and then you without that mindfulness you can you know get carried away mm-hmm. by that new experience so i was yeah. wondering when that happens what do you do
1: yeah i can definitely be victim of shiny object or when mm-hmm. when things really arise in society of um really significant events like you know when George Floyd mm-hmm. incident happened and um, when he was killed, I was extremely upset. I I mean, mm-hmm. I, when I saw the video of him mm-hmm. being killed, I mean, I remember crying after seeing that video. It was so mm-hmm. overwhelming. But then when... <laughs> when I saw the city being burnt down and people's businesses, spray painting things like don't burn, don't burn this building children inside and just everything that ensued after that and how extreme it got on, on the other end. I mean, as, as overwhelmed as I was by that, that horror of, of what happened, I saw I was caught up in that emotion, but then also saw, you know, wow, you know, there there's a lot of things going on that are are not helping. That I had to take some time and process and try to come back to some kind of centered place where I could try to reconcile what had happened. To George mm-hmm. Floyd and what maybe I, how I needed to position myself mentally, mm-hmm. and emotionally, and and ra- rationally because you know we 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 have to use and mm-hmm. actually this is a phrase I've been thinking about more. It's empathy with intelligence. I mean, we've got to be mm-hmm. empathetic, but you have to use your brain at the same time. I mean. Right. Being empathetic to what happened to George Floyd doesn't then necessarily mean, oh, and I should go burn down the businesses of mainly minorities in the area where they were burned down. Right. That's mainly an Hispanic a lot of Hispanic businesses in that area and they've been, you know, I think they've suffered quite a, a bit from all, all of the rioting that happened. Afterwards, so we have to be empathetic, but we still have to use intelligence and how we respond.
0: Right, but I love that uh, empathy with intelligence. Isn't it? it, You know, it sounds. You know, it 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 sounds like it it reminds me of the the virtue that Aristotle talked about. Right. So let's say uh, courage is really between uh, cowardice and recklessness. so empathy can be the same thing you know people talked about oh you know we need to be kind you need you know we need uh, uh, you know we, we yeah we, we need to be kind but kindness with that intelligence mm-hmm. it's, it seems to me is trying to you know avoid the uh, let's say the insufficiency right the deficiency and access so that's probably another way of minimizing immoderation because we can be immoderate about our i don't know i, I you know maybe because the word empathy already is a is a virtuous word, yeah, but I mean, it, can people be over empathetic? I think they can because
1: mm-hmm. right
0: yeah, from I a behavior tell, behavioral me, tell
1: perspective. Me about that yeah, what do you how do you see? being immoderate with empathy ha- affecting society and maybe even like, I'm thinking like yin and yang, like masculine, yeah. and feminine, and those forces and finding balance. How do you see that maybe too much ah, is, I see. is hurting?
0: Well, you know, I, I think he, on the streets, let's say, either, you know, in America or in China, uh, nowadays there are people, there are people who are homeless, right? Um, you know, people who suffer. When I was a kid, uh, you know, I model my mother, and my mother always show empathy and and see the just the surface, right? Somebody's, you know, is lying there on the ground and everything. Just, you know, I think my mindset is conditioned to sh- automatically. Mm-hmm. To show uh, empathy to yeah. toward these people, maybe you'll give some money, mm-hmm. give some food, or, or or whatever it is. But as I grew up, I start to understand more and more, you know, what's behind that behavior. There is so a lot of variations. So that's the intelligence. Mm-hmm. So at my age, you know, I'm always trying to walk a fine balance between. I might become so knowledgeable about all these problems in the world and the you know including the behavior problems and you know what happened life stories of these people that I become callous mm. so I'm not empathetic enough yeah but at the same time you know I'm trying to avoid you know being over empathetic so that I almost like to support all the you know the behavior I don't know yeah right the, 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 the of the people and almost in a way to encourage that behavior.
1: Yeah and it, I enable think that's
0: it. the enable it. Yeah. So that's the kind of the precarious thing or, or, or you know a, a fine balance that we should always walk. Uh you know just empathy or kindness or justice or equality uh just for its own sake, without any context. Mm-hmm. I think it's just as dangerous as no empathy, no justice. So that's the immoderate behavior mm-hmm. that I see.
1: What do, you, what do you see? Oh, yeah, I, I agree completely. I think there, there's a lot of things going on where when... Oh, boy, I have a lot of thoughts on this because I think it's just such mm-hmm. a huge problem right now. But, you know, I I, thinking about like Singapore, for example, and how many people talk Mm -hmm. about how nice it is to live in a society like that, because you can, you know, leave your belongings at like Mm -hmm. a coffee shop and no one's going to steal it and it's clean and people are respectful, but there's also a lot of safety nets and, and lots of resources spent in, in society, and I think that's a pretty good example of balancing yin and yang, masculine and feminine in a society, because very empathetic in making sure people have what they need, but also very serious when you break the society's laws, that if you steal, I mean, they're literally going to cane your ass. I mean, they're going to like it it's a real consequence and it's going to be um un, unpleasant.
0: Right, right. And yeah, I can see yeah in that example. What do you think uh, where on that continuum where is America? Uh because I, you know, I hear Crazy. two stories even before I came to this country. Uh you know, you have that Ideal of the Statue of Liberty, mm-hmm. right? Very generous, kind, mm-hmm. among all nations, mm-hmm. welcoming people, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then in coming here, I personally experienced a lot of generosity and kindness. Oh, I'm
1: great. That's great to hear.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so that's the one side of America that I experienced. The other side is the harshness of the the markets. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's say you know I, I you know I being uh, uh, executive coach and get a lot of exposure to what's working in the company. It's so interesting that on the one hand you see you know the, you see uh, the discussion about you know uh, leaders caring about mm-hmm. their employees or being more participatory or democratic in discussions, but when the economic reality is so harsh they have to play with the numbers to meet the you know the top the the bottom line you know whoever it is you know they might just kick them out of the door so that's the harsh mm-hmm. part of america i see the the economic part mm-hmm. yeah. so that is a kind of a interesting yin and yang and mixed picture you know people can be very nice to you mm-hmm. in ordering days but there's no really safe much of a safe net <laughs> where
1: yeah.
0: when you know they are held accountable for from the shareholders right they mm-hmm. from a business leader perspective, so what do you see like do you see America is more on the empathetic side, the kind side or the you know really the like everyone for themselves the uh, you know, the more Darwinian, you know, market
1: side. Well, it's it's very schizophrenic in, in this country right now. And I think the, the polarization uh-huh. is making it even more so that I, I think a lot of complete solutions, if you take a little bit from the left and a little bit from the right and actually uh-huh. combine them, that's probably a, better solution what do you mean by that i'm very curious so about here, here's you know, a like, perfect, what do
0: you how do you combine yep. how do you blend the yep. cocktail approach to <laughs> so
1: here's a perfect example and i think um i mean and i'm sure it's just because i'm mainly around more liberal people mm-hmm. but like they they can see the the rights blind spots so clearly but Man, they really cannot see their own and their own blind spots. Oh, wow. what,
0: what do you see? What do you see the blind spots of the, the the people on the right and what they were not able to see?
1: The blind spots of the people on the right. Um, I mean, I don't want to generalize too much because there's I think, you know, there's mm-hmm. there's moderate sure. conservatives who I I'm definitely sure I can have a good conversation with i think mm-hmm. when you get into the the QAnon piece it's like well they just can't see that they're just they're not well informed they're not they're 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 reading garbage and they mm. just, they they can't see that they're reading garbage like it's it's like it's just garbage lies. right
0: right reading. so let let's put that uh that piece aside that's uh more of an extreme just the the, the the people that you mentioned earlier that you have a good conversation. Do they have their blind spots?
1: Yeah, I think you know, there there's this idea that anything socialized is bad, and it's like, well, that's ridiculous. The the police are so they're socialized, Fire, firefighting is socialized, the roads are socialized. I mean, there's so many social programs in this country that people on the right really like, people on the right really like their You know, when they retire, they generally want their—they're not sending their Social Security checks back or their their Medicare.
0: Right, right. So, so what's their blind spot then? So they—they—you know, since that's the 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 the, that's happening, what blind spots do they have?
1: Well, that you know, that that socialism and a Mm -hmm. like. The role of government when it comes to social programs—that—that that makes life better for everyone. That it's not—it's not this evil thing. I mean, I mm-hmm. think a lot of people on the right assume that any social program is somehow bad or evil, even though in their lives, it, if you're pro-police, that's a social program. That's that's so that's socialism. That's we're all paying taxes so that the government can provide a service to us. And that's where it's like, yes, because it is a social program, it should work for us, which is why we should reform policing and make it work for everyone a, as good as it can. But that's the same thing. It could be the same thing with healthcare. that mm. if if healthcare worked for everyone where we didn't have to worry about getting a bad sickness or, or, or illness and being completely destroyed as a result, that that's not just better for the individual. That's better for society, which means it's also better for the economy. It's better for business. I mean, if you're, do you want your, if you're a business owner, do you want your employees to be healthy or do you want them to not be able to afford to go to the doctor and get treatment? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean that's just one, but I want to kind of switch back to
0: to the left, like people. Yeah. On
1: the- so, like, let's take gun gun control, and I know like people on the left they'll they'll be very critical of Republicans. Here's a blind spot because they'll say, you know, they care about the the unborn child until it's born, and then it's like, well, now fend for your for yourself, right? That and people on the left will point out like how hypocritical that is. And I think there's a similar one that I found with gun control that liberals will talk immensely about. You know, we need gun control. We need gun control. We need gun control. And, and sure, definitely, there's things that need to be done to, to get <clears throat> firearms under control in the U.S. But the reality is, we're flooded with guns right now, and and the liberal message that I hear mainly, it's like, yeah, we, we want to do everything about controlling guns, but nothing about all of the guns that are in the street, because the reality is the criminals have the guns, and most of the ways, most of the methods that police officers had to get the guns off the street involve pulling people over for traffic violations. That, that is one of the number one ways that guns get found and taken off the streets. And liberals, they, they've basically taken that option away from a lot of police where you can't pull people over for traffic violations. Or even what I see in this city where violent criminals get arrested and they're out on, on no bail. And if they do have bail, there's a liberal fund that pays their bail, and they're back out on the street. And a lot of times they commit more violent crime, hurt people, kill people, and it happens over and over again. So it's kind of like the same thing with, a, with abortion with mm-hmm. the Republicans, with the Democrats, where it's like, yeah, you're, you're like super serious about gun control. But then like you have this completely... Um, then hands-off approach when it comes to all the tools to actually help getting guns off the street and getting violent criminals off the street.
0: Right. So I'm hearing a lot of kind of, uh, within one, um, let's say a group of people, um, who have a view, but I'm hearing the inter, the inter, uh, the, the inner contradictions. Yeah. So they are, when, when you are looking from a third party's perspective, you you see these groups, mm-hmm. you see the interesting paradox or inner uh, contradictions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So can we then say part of you know it's hard to be to have a moderate opinion or political view is yep. lack of a full picture. Do, yep. do you see? Oh yeah. Because it seems like they are. Dr- then they become very immoderate yeah. in their view, right? Yeah. So they are pushing uh, their view, the view they are holding, to a certain uh, polarity or certain uh, extreme. Yep. And the reason is that they are not saying the whole picture, right? So, like, can we generalize from our discussion that? So I'm hearing that to be moderate, to uh, minimize our immoderation, uh, you know, as you said earlier, is Pay attention to the inner, not just the outer, right? Yeah. So then we're talking about you know yin and yang, mm-hmm. uh, which is you know about empathy with intelligence. So in order to be over-empathized, mm-hmm. we need uh you know to, to 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 achieve a certain yin and yang balance. Yeah. And then now from a political perspective, yeah. That moderation that you described on the left and then on the right, it seems like is is the problem you know they are going to the extreme and, and start to be in immoderate because they don't have a full picture mm-hmm. is it a, a cognitive problem yeah or is it something else
1: yeah I mean it's there's a lot of problems and they're going to be hard to solve, but um you know. Right now, like you were saying the listening part, and that's the piece that's missing. Just like people mm-hmm. don't listen to their bodies yeah, and then make immoderate decisions. Right, yeah. It, it, if I'm on the right and I just say, you know, Democrats are communists, and so I don't listen to anything that I perceive anyone even being slightly left-leaning because they're commies, then... I'm not i'm going to basically be s- stupid because i'm not getting the full picture and it's the same on the left if i just say like oh well people on the right are racist so anything that they have to say it's just because they're trying to protect their racism and homophobia and so you know i can't listen i'm not going to listen to anything anyone on the right says because they're just homophobic and racist
0: okay got it so you know, it it seems like the listening mm-hmm. is the key word uh, just to string together our discussion. Like listening to your inside, right, yeah. which we don't have that tendency to do. Listening to the other side, right, the inside and the the other side. Yeah. The other side is the the other part. Why, from a you know a, a psychological or other pers- you know point of view, why do you think listening is so hard? Why do you think that we are we 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 hesitate. we we're reluctant to listen to to our inside. we We hesitate to listen to the other parties. what what's what's the because that seems yep. to be the one of the more deeper causes of immoderation because I didn't expect our discussion to go to connect immoderation <laughs> with listening.
1: Well, I'm glad that you asked because that's actually that thing I said was floating around now it's, it's found a a place to come back and it's people want to be Mm. so comfortable and don't want any kind of discomfort at all anymore. That listening is going to make you uncomfortable. You're going to have to listen to things that challenge Mm -hmm. you. And people don't want that anymore. They want, they want to be spoon fed back everything that makes them feel like all of their beliefs are correct, that their way of living is the best way that their tastes are the best, everything catered to them from their song playlists to their their Netflix recommendations to the advertising that they get, everything personalized. People want everything personalized now, and that's a product of our consumer culture, that it's the same thing with um, their political messaging. They want their political messaging tailored just for their personal tastes and to listen to someone else who's going to say things that make them uncomfortable and have to think they're not interested in in that because they want to be comfortable. They want, they want their entire life personalized for them. I want that. It's great. It feels great, but it's not leading us to a healthy society. It's killing our society.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ironically or paradoxically, it's the pain that probably nudges
1: us to yeah. evolve, right? Yeah. We, so, need, we need that challenge.
0: Yeah. But is that associated with kind of the pleasure and pain experience? Because, you know, recently I, I, I've been hearing like uh, 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 the uh, one of the ancient uh, schools of thoughts in ancient Greece about the... Uh, 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 I think it's Epicurus, mm-hmm. Epicurus, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about the, this kind of, you know, people misunderstand that school of thought and saying it's a, like a pleasure-seeking yeah. uh, school. But when you look at closely, you're talking, they are really have a more profound insights into this pleasure and pain. So you, you think that people want to be comfortable. Is that associated with pleasure? Basically, they they, they just want, they they just think that any kind of pain is, is not good. Yeah. So they just like, but ironically, as they seek that pressure, some of the uh, the uh, the pleasure, some of the pleasure becomes the poison mm-hmm. itself yeah. that takes life away from their being.
1: Yeah. Completely. Yeah. It's 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 that kind of psychological pleasure when combined mm-hmm. with political messaging that you know, it's, it's, and this, this is working on both sides and this is the polarity again, that's, that's pulling the country apart that, that yes, we, we have to give up some pleasure, some psychological pleasure, be challenged Mm. psychologically, you know, yeah, there might be someone on the right who is racist and homophobic. That doesn't mean that they don't have some important things to say. Yeah,
0: totally agree. Yeah, totally agree.
1: Well, we are at the top of our, our
0: hour and uh, it's been really, uh, you know, great um, discussion with you to, you know, explore and these complex topics, but I, I, I really feel like I've learned something from our conversation and I hope our listeners did too.
1: Thanks, Ian. Thanks, David.